all the classic Disney stories. Of all the miraculous adventures. Of all the magical tales. There has never been anything like Enchanted. Because no other story has ever taken you <gasps> to a land as strange and terrifying as ours. Oh my. I was wondering if one of you might direct me to the castle. Watch it, will you? Grumpy. Nobody's been very nice to me. Yeah, well, welcome to New York. Thank you. Um, how's, how's everything else with you? Well, friend, it's daylight savings time. Yes. No, we did a whole fucking thing on that last time we recorded. No, we didn't. We didn't record the time we where you had to it. explain how it works. Yeah. Listeners, it was like <laughs> 10 minutes of me explaining to Nadia when we were going to record this evening. No, no, no. It, it makes sense that the clock especially things like a phone or things connected to the internet. They would change mm -hmm. on their own. But mm -hmm. anything analog, like my oven clock or my microwave right. clock or my even my alarm clock, I have would have to change. Mm -hmm. So that's three clocks. So that's like almost like a minute and a half of work there to change those three. Well, first of all, I like to wait until the <laughs> clock strikes that time before I click like it's done. So maybe I would say four to five minutes. Okay. You're just jealous and hating of my meticulous clock-making skills. But... Uh, it's like you're fucking planning a heist in your apartment. You're like, okay, we're going to synchronize in <laughs> nine, eight, seven, like just... yeah. Call me Nadia Toretto, okay? <laughs> Listen, it's... I don't... The, the whole thing about, like, spring forward and fall backward doesn't make sense because... The direction that the time goes doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> like, when you fall backwards, do you set the clock an hour back or forward? Yes. back. Okay. And you remember it because back and back are the same word. <laughs> You're such an asshole. <laughs> Listen, it's really difficult for me to understand a lot of the time yeah. because then, because what I'm doing in my mind is saying, okay, so if it's 5.30 right now, before I change the clock, mm -hmm. is it 6.30 or 4.30? And before you change the clock, it was 6.30. It should look like 6.30 outside. It should look like the way 6.30 looked yesterday. That outside. doesn't make sense because the sun... Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> just, just washing over you in waves. Listen, I have a college degree, but certain things are really hard for me. And when it comes to like number, I think I might be yeah, clock math. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Dove found it down, trodden and dejected, crestfallen, grief stricken and exhausted, trapped in my room while the house was burning to the motherfucking ground. Oh my, these are really big. Oh, they're called headphones? I see. 
and and I speak into this? Okay. Hello and welcome to Probably Should Have Known Better. What I'm told is a podcast that celebrates comedy that may have aged poorly, hosted by Princess Nadia and Prince Anthony. Take it away. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I am Nadia Vasquez, and I'm joined as always by my bestie, Tony Ginocchio. And isn't yeah. it nice that I got someone from Andalasia to kick off the show for us today? It's been a long time since anyone called me Anthony. Uh, so. <laughs> They're very formal in Andalasia. Well, yes. No, we know that. Uh, we know that. You know, folks, we're the way we've gotten to a point. <laughs> in this show where we know that we have to like plan a palate cleanser episode yeah <laughs> every 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 season maybe twice a season to make sure we don't uh go insane and that's what we did last season when we watched pop star which is a great movie my that favorite has, a great movie that has nothing wrong with it we just watched it because we wanted to watch it and that's basically what we're doing here with this movie i would like to argue that that is how i feel about honey i shrunk the kids but i just didn't realize i would yeah no honey i shrunk the kids i think um you know i did not expect it to be just as flawless as it was yeah um there is some darkness there that i forgot about for (laughs) sure like with the like the marriage being on the rocks and all of that um yeah i was not expecting that one to be as good as it was this one we knew was going to be great it is great folks it's enchanted yay Uh, from 2007 uh directed by kevin lima sorry i cut you off nadia no i was gonna say i think you should put in some sound effects of people cheering because that's how i feel inside about this movie yeah uh, a delightful movie you know disney's experiment with uh being meta uh <laughs> in in comedy and actually a script that the studio sat on for several years uh because they did not want to make it because disney being famously protective of their uh ip uh didn't kind of had mixed feelings about making a movie that pokes fun at a lot of the conventions of disney animated films uh eventually they did made it make it they cast it perfectly oh yeah uh and uh basically pulled out you know it was a, a huge hit and uh oscar winner and beloved critically uh starring susan sarandon patrick dempsey james marsden and in her breakout role uh amy adams um, and, and, and again, I said this movie's perfectly cast, and Amy Adams' performance was rightfully praised left and right uh, in the reviews for this movie. But the real the real sneak attack here is the casting of James Marsden. Oh, as yeah! The prince, uh, who fucking nails it. Listen, uh, I'm a really, really big fan of James Marsden in general, but when he gets to sing... <laughs> Like, I just can't, like, I am imagining, I saw this in the theaters, but I was very young, but I'm imagining, like, the moms going to see this and seeing him and seeing him sing the same way that he sang in, like, Hairspray. Like, they had to do a deep clean after (laughs) every screening because he is incredibly hot. (laughs) He's hot, but he's also, like, straight up hilarious in this movie. And talented uh, beyond anything you would imagine from somebody that hot. Yeah, and so, uh, so folks, uh, this movie starts uh, in the animated world of Andalasia, uh, a very um, uh, 
uh, very kind of templated Disney animated film from like the first golden age or the second golden age of the late 80s, early 90s, where you have, you know, hand-drawn princess with big eyes and flowing hair and animal friends singing <laughs> her song. That's Princess Giselle, voiced by Amy Adams. Uh, she uh, catches the attention of... What's the prince's name? Um, I have it. Hold on. Okay. She catches the attention of Prince James Marsden. Yeah. And... <laughs> And uh, they uh, fall in love, and at the wedding, James Marsden's evil witch stepmother, trying to protect her claim to the throne, uh, shoves Princess Giselle down a magic portal to a place where there are no happy endings, and it's Times Square. And you're like, an animated Times Square? No, motherfucker, live-action Times Square. Yeah. So this uh, Disney princess now is embodied in uh, just real person Amy Adams and has to navigate uh, modern day New York uh, while escaping uh, being murdered uh, by her evil stepmother who is still chasing after her. A delightful film filled with all sorts of references and in-jokes to classic Disney movies and just um, just really anchored by Amy Adams playing this wide-eyed princess uh, who just keeps uh, smacking into reality. Yeah, she does, like most of us in our 20s. <laughs> uh, she She's just so great. She really is in this. She's delightful. And this is only a year after playing the hot purse girl on The Office, so this was yeah. a very early success for her in her career. I really liked her in Junebug, which she got an Academy Award nomination for. Yes. She's really great in that. But I was one of those girls in her teens that was really into Drop Dead Gorgeous, uh-huh. and she was a delight in that movie as well. So I didn't think of her as like a newcomer, but to huge audiences, and also we have to note, this is pre-James Corden uh, coming into every musical, so we were really <laughs> truly blessed that he wasn't in this. We really, uh, we really threaded, we really threaded the needle here. Yeah, <laughs> he would have probably played the Peter Pettigrew part. That guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the, and uh, Peter Pettigrew is in this. Timothy Spall is the actor's name. Look, guys, England has ten actors, <laughs> and Timothy Spall is one of them, and he's good. And he's good in this as the witch's evil sidekick. He's in there as well. Um, every, I think every single living actress who voiced the Disney princess makes a cameo in this. Yes, and I will talk um, about that. Oh, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's delightful because it like pokes fun at Disney movies, but it's still a super sweet, super nice film. Alan Menken did the music, so the music's amazing. Alan Menken um, and Stephen Schwartz, who wrote Wicked, which Ariana Grande is going to be in the movie adaptation. And there's a petition that James Corden not play anyone I think in that, that movie. Which I, is I think funny. that's an excellent idea to ban James Corden from the set entirely. <laughs> Sorry, stupid question. Is Ariana Grande going to play Alphaba or Glinda? She is going to play Glinda, or okay. in Act 1, G- known as Galinda. Gal- yes. um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know, I'm not familiar with the actress who is playing Alphaba. I know that she was in the Broadway show The Color Purple. I'm not okay. familiar with her, but I hear she's incredible. So, so it's okay. all very exciting. Okay, well, that's good. Uh, that musical is, in my opinion, just okay. And so... <laughs> 
So, um, it, you know, before we get into the film in detail, Nadia, uh, let's, I mean, what, what's the, what's the background? What's the history? Give, give me the scoop. Let me tell you the scoop. So this movie was released in 2007. Uh, I did cover the pop culture events of 2007 in our Juno episode, one of my personal favorites. And that was, good that was fun. That was a fun one. And I did cover the LGBTQIA plus former current events in our, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry episode. So That's this was a big not year. Not a fun episode at all. Terrible episode. <laughs> a big year for us and also for just the world because we also got Enchanted. So I'm going to tell you some fun facts about Enchanted. Uh, at the time, we're former current events, and now we're just fun tidbits. Um, so <laughs> writer Bill Kelly of Enchanted sold this screenplay to Disney in 97. That was a really long oh, time wow. ago. But if you recall... American Pie and There's Something About Mary were really, really popular at the time. So he sold this as a raunchy comedy first. Oh! It was a rated R version. Uh, There is no... I've tried to find a PDF of it, and I couldn't find it. It's like deep, deep, deep in the Disney vault, I'm assuming. Uh, But there is a scene... When... when, Oh, sorry. No, no. Please, go ahead. I was going to say, when Giselle lands in the prince's lap... In, in the first act when they're in the anime world and she's like I'm Giselle what if the prince had said I'm gonna Giselle in my pants <laughs> oh that's really good um l- the real thing is <laughs> Entertainment Weekly reported that there was a scene where Giselle ended up at a bachelor party and is mistaken for an adult dancer oh no so I don't know what was going on in that script I wish that they would release it somehow but let's <laughs> Let's just pretend this never happened. So back then, again, 97, they tried to make this movie for a very long time. So think of the women who were huge stars at the time. Kate Mm. Hudson, Reese Mm. Witherspoon. They were the top two that were going to play the lead in this. I don't think it would have worked, personally. Uh, And Amy Adams was too small of a star at the time. And they kind of passed her over the first couple of rounds of casting. They auditioned 200 people and they were like, Amy Adams is the best one, but she's not famous enough. Uh, But then she got nominated for Academy Award for Junebug. And then they also put a little bit of insurance on it by uh, casting Patrick Dempsey, who was like huge because of Grey's Anatomy. Right. Um, Additionally, the animated part at the beginning of the movie was not animated at Disney because there was no such thing as 2D animation at Disney anymore. After Toy Story was so popular in 95, they got rid of their 2D animation like department. Department, yeah. They were like, bye. And so uh, they had to get James Baxter's uh, personal company, which he was uh, an animator from The Lion King and The Beauty and the Beast. Like He did all the big stuff. And he had, they had to have him do it kind of like off the grid Mm-hmm. Uh, because they had no way to do it, which I find very sad, honestly. Yeah. Like, keep some around. Hollywood is bullshit. It's <laughs> just all of it is terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. So, um, okay. So, yes, Tony mentioned there were some real voice actresses that were. I mean, we've talked about this, about how I think real voice actors should be doing yeah. cartoons. Yeah. Uh, they, but they genuinely 
uh, were very talented but may not have looked like movie stars. So you might have even missed them during the movie. Uh, Paige O'Hara, who voiced mm-hmm. Belle in Beauty and the Beast, played the soap opera actress in the scene where the prince and uh, Peter Pettigrew are watching a soap opera. And she's like, do you even like yourself? That is the voice of Belle. Yeah. And then Judy Kuhn. Kuhn? Kuhn? I'm going to say Kuhn. She voiced Pocahontas, and she mm-hmm. played the neighbor with all of the kids when the prince knocks on the door. Oh, yes. And yes, she's like, you're, you're too late. late. Yeah. yeah. Pocahontas! Okay, <laughs> and then uh, most prominent in there is Jodie Benson, who played yeah. Ariel in The Little Mermaid. She plays Patrick Dempsey's assistant, and she has this huge fish tank next to her desk, which I found very comical. But, like, nobody really knows who these people are. And yeah. blink and you'll miss them. Really, truly. Yeah. Uh, Okay, now let's talk about Patrick Dempsey. So he was so fucking famous. I don't know if he was McDreamy or McSteamy. I think he's, if I say the wrong thing, people are going to yell at me online. I think he's McDreamy. Okay, so he... I also am not sure. Grey's Anatomy might still be making new episodes. They I'm are. I'm not sure. Dude, they are, but I think okay. they, I think they killed him off. Okay, okay. So he's dead. Uh, but he <laughs> he wanted to do something, quote-unquote, more positive because everything he was uh-huh. doing on Grey's was, like, depressing and horrible and sad. If you've seen an episode, it is really intense. So he wanted to do this and was, like, kind of annoyed that he was playing the straight man a lot of the time in the mm-hmm. movie when everyone else got to have fun and, like, whatever. But he made it work. And uh, he his fans also made it really difficult for them to shoot around New York City. So they had to do probably like a hundred more takes than normal because people were like <laughs> shouting his name and being like, yeah. McDreamy, McSteamy, whichever one. Yeah. And it got really annoying. Uh, <laughs> the last things here, uh, the dance scene in Central Park, one of the best scenes. That took Great s- scene. Yeah. 17 days to shoot. Wow. Uh, they had to wrangle 300 extras and it kept raining. So they had to oh. just kind of like wait till the rain stopped and then shoot, etc. Um, but the elderly men dancing in the park that uh, give flowers to the elderly women, those are the original dancers from Mary Poppins. Oh, my goodness. It, it made me cry a little bit thinking about that. <laughs> um, but, yes, they there are some other Disney Easter eggs that you can, like, check out. Yeah. Uh, the Italian restaurant where there's that yes. like, battle scene between the chipmunk and Peter Pettigrew is called Bella Note, which is the song from Lady and the Tramp. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was also a Mickey Mouse silhouette of the peppers in the pizza. Oh, nice. Yeah. There, uh, the the uh, da, 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 Nancy, which is Adina Menzel's character, her last name is Tremaine, which is the wicked stepmother and the stepsister's last name is Cinderella, which I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Adina Menzel, the future Easter egg is, of course, Adina Menzel becoming a Disney princess like five years later. Right? So yeah. intense. Uh, but the other thing is that is just so cringy is Disney wanted to merchandise a Giselle doll. If you think about it, yes. where is the Giselle And they couldn't. Doll? That's right. That's right. They couldn't because they their lawyers discovered that if they did that they would have to pay amy adams to license her image for the rest of her life yes so they didn't make a giselle doll that's right i remember that but they did that with emma watson and that really weird looking barbie doll (laughs) like what i would rather have a giselle doll 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, well, hey, you know, uh, labor is entitled to all it creates, even if it <laughs> all it creates is good-looking women. Right. And so... But one last uh, thing, one last thing. Yes. There was a song for Adina Menzel. As you know, she does, you know, voice. Oh, does she sing? Does she sing? No, but as you know that she's going to be in Frozen and is going to have, like, the biggest song probably of the last, like, ten years. Yeah. Uh, but they wrote her a song to sing with James Marsden at the end when they get married. And oh, that's nice. They scrapped it, so that's really sad. But she, yeah. I mean, she lucked out. I mean, she got to marry Tay Diggs and <laughs> got to be a Disney princess and have the biggest song possibly ever. So like, she's yeah. fine. No, she's doing great. I know you probably didn't see Uncut Gems because I don't think it's your kind of movie. No. But she's great in that. Uh, I'll and, take your word for it. I probably yeah. will not watch it unless you know, unless you think it's not like super gory. It's not gory, but let me tell you something. Uh, only watch it if you're ready to say, "Oh, I got a bad feeling about this." A whole bunch of times. Oh, probably not. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, thank so, you for indulging in my fun yes. Disney uh, facts. I'm very excited about this movie. It's very cute. Oh yeah. Well, the other thing I will say, you know, all those voice actors you mentioned, Paige O'Hara, Jody Benson, um, those folks, they also um, all cameoed uh, again in another movie that came out a few years later called uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh! Um, so if you remember, I don't know if you saw that movie, but there's a scene where um, Vanellope, Sarah Silverman's character, um, meets all the Disney princesses in the Disney Princess Lounge, and they're all voiced by their original voice actors. Are they really? Uh, yes, I didn't because Disney that. owns their souls uh, for the rest <laughs> of their lives. My question is: In that research that you did on Disney legends, are these yeah. incredible actresses in? Are they? Legends? Yes. Okay. Yes, they were all in- inducted in the same year. Oh, good. Actually, okay, good. Um, they so better they have in- been. They're all inducted together for all the, like, official Disney princesses, except for some reason they left out Ming-Na, who voiced, uh, Ming-Na Wen, who voiced Mulan, but they did, they did induct her later. Okay. Well, that is annoying, but (laughs) people are going to be, like, arguing, like, she wasn't a princess. Yeah, but she saved China. She saved China, okay? She saved China from the bad guy whose name is escaping me but she saved china (laughs) (laughs) yes and she created a bisexual awakening in many of us (laughs) so um this is the first disney movie to prove that gender was a construct so with that in mind um let's talk about the movie like okay okay, so the opening of this movie is great because It opens like an old school Disney movie with like the storybook, the the shot of the storybook opening as like the movies in this storybook. And uh, it's actually narrated by Julie Andrews, friend of the show, Julie Andrews. Yes. Uh, also a Disney legend, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, talking about the kingdom of Andalasia and what I like most about the animated world, Nadia, for me, <laughs> is it's all the stuff that should be in a Disney movie, but all of it is turned up like one notch past it being okay. Oh, 100%. Like the chipmunk <laughs> being Italian. <laughs> yeah, like the, the, you know, she's got a wisecracking chipmunk friend, but just a very aggressive, like, outer borough accent. <laughs> When she, you know, she goes to the window and she calls all her woodland friends with a, ah, 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 ah. like, and it's like, you know, normally like 10 birds would fly in. It's like 80 birds flying in. <laughs> like it's too much. And like a on moose. On purpose. Yes, exactly. Uh, so I also love the well song done. and the song saying uh, about 
True Love's Kiss because yes. she's she's been dreaming of True Love's Kiss. True Love's Kiss, and uh, she says that lips are the only things that touch. I loved that line. <laughs> I was like, yeah, girl. <laughs> Just you wait, baby. Yeah, she hasn't she hasn't been to live action New York yet, but she'll <laughs> learn. She'll learn. But but seriously, with all of this, you are it, it, when you see this in the movie from minute one, you were like, "Yep, I'm on board. This yep. is exactly what I want to watch." It's not. They don't do it in a way that is self conscious. They're really going for it, which I appreciate, especially coming from Disney. Yes, and uh, the other thing, sorry, the other thing, kind of as a side note, uh, bizarre injustice in the world. This movie is not on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> uh, we had to rent it, yes. um, so I don't know why. well spent. It, yeah, well spent. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, put it on Disney+, Plus, Disney. Um, so, that being said, you know, the, the character design on the princess... I'm Princess Giselle, is perfect, mm-hmm. right? She's got the, the big, long hair. She's got the huge Disney princess eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got the animal sidekick. She's, like, dreaming of this man she saw from a distance. Um, and she sings out the window this I've been dreaming of true love's kiss. And uh, James Marsden, uh, the prince, the animated prince voiced by James Marsden, hears the song off in the distance. I just have to point out, the animation is so good because they look like their human counterparts. Can you imagine being the human being, James Marston, and being like, that's me. I'm a cartoon prince. Like, what a, gr- <laughs> what a great feeling. Again, the, the casting is truly one of the most impressive casting jobs, uh, certainly in any movie we watch. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah. But I just, I'm just so happy for them. Like, even Susan yeah. Sarandon, her character, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, it's it's perfect, and it's like it's like we need somebody to play a Disney prince who looks like a Disney prince in real life. Probably James Marston, Corny I'd Collins say. from Hairspray. Yeah. yeah, and he's good in that too. He's, he's good in so everything. Good. He's um, so good. So he hears the song and he uh, rides off towards where her father and Giselle ends up falling into his lap, and here's where he would have delivered that hilarious line in the R-rated version, uh, but he does not. He doesn't. Uh, it's a kids movie. And, uh, and basically, like, they fall in love and they decide to get married, like, on the spot. Yeah, like they do in all the Disney movies. Let's put a exactly. pin in that idea. <laughs> Shall we? Yeah, yeah, let's, let, well, well, maybe we'll circle back to that. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, so Susan Sarandon, uh, who plays the prince's wicked stepmother, who can't have the prince getting married because if he does, she'll lose her claim to the throne. Um, she watches them, you know, from her magic, uh, portal, water portal, a pensive. It's a pensive. As long as we have Peter Pettigrew in this movie, (laughs) we have a pensive. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, she watches, she gets furious. She yells never, but it kind of sounds like the N word. No! Uh, I had to, I had to back it up to make sure. Oh no. (laughs) And, uh, and basically like the next day is the day of the wedding. Right. Well, I just want to point out one thing. The real villain in all of this is the patriarchy. Yes. Because, you know, she is the queen. There is no king. I'm assuming she murdered him. There's no (laughs) podcast about that. So I don't know if that's true. But I'm making an assumption. And in this patriarchal world, even in the cartoon land, the king would be the prince if he got married. And I'm Mm -hmm. like... What are these rules about? Yeah. But, I mean... Fucked up. 
It's fucked up, but I understand we her have, rage and wrath. We have a pensive, we have Peter Pettigrew, and we have gender essentialism, <laughs> the three pillars of Harry Potter. And so... <laughs> oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> so, the next day is uh, the wedding, Nadia. Yes, it happens so quickly. She has... Uh, the animal friends made her dress. It's huge. She can barely fit through the door of her carriage. Uh, and Peter Pettigrew shows up and is like, oh, uh, I, th- you need to follow me. And she's like, no, 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 I'm late. And she's very all about getting married. The, the animals are giving her her last looks, giving her, uh, you know, a ribbon that is in the wrong spot, et cetera, et cetera, are, is fixed. And she finally runs in. But Peter Pettigrew locks all of her animal friends out. They're not invited. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But the chipmunk... First, first sign something is off. The first sign something is off. And so the chipmunk climbs the palace walls and watches as... uh, What's her name? Uh, Amy Adams? Uh, yeah, Amy Adams. Giselle. As Giselle is approached by an evil hag. Yeah. Not Aubrey Plaza. Not... <laughs> The, the, uh, we love, you know, Aubrey Plaza is great. Evil hag is her handle. That's yeah. why we call her yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. so, um, so, uh, yeah, it's Susan Sarandon and she basically shoves Amy Adams down a well. It's not really a well. It's a portal to New York City. Yes. And um, not only that, but she is on a molecular level changed into a human person. Right. And first of all, I love that this is less than 10 minutes in. We're yeah. in Times Square. Yeah, yeah like, we got to get to the action. Not wasting any time. Love that. Uh, we've established the world. That's great. But yes, it is. You are not only going to another dimension, you are actually gaining an additional dimension <laughs> going from a hand-drawn Disney princess to Amy Adams. But my favorite part of all of that is that they showed the transformation through a lot of glitter. Yes. I'm into that. A lot of glitter. And it's, I think, like, and there's a lot of these visual um, Easter eggs. I'm pretty sure this is meant to mimic the Ariel becoming a human in The Little Mermaid. Oh, okay. I'm into that. Yeah. Got it. Um, For the first time, like, when she signs Ursula's contract, like, that sort of thing. Mm, okay. Um, But like I said, minute 10, she crawls out uh, of a manhole in the middle of Times Square, which I will admit is the worst place to get help if you're from a completely different world. (laughs) It's just the worst place in New York in general. Yeah. Um, And not only is Amy Adams, you know, perfectly cast because she, you know, she looks like a Disney princess, but all of her gestures all of her mannerisms all of her motion the way she's just moving her arms as she sees new people all of it is perfect she's so great she does this moment where she's so distraught that she kind of falls to the ground yes in such a way that is so elegant and wonderful i'm like how do you not have an oscar for this and cartoony and cartoony that was exactly what made me think of that was when she fell down (laughs) (laughs) so good but nobody is helping her she's in new york city everybody's got to go somewhere i get out of the street lady yeah that sort of thing and like i lived in new york it's really not like that where people are mean (laughs) but people do need to get somewhere so they that was very truthful to what that is like and so a lot of them just didn't help her they kind of just jostled her along with them she ends up going down into the subway and ends up on a hundred and something street uh-huh. which is going to get her closer to mcdreamy 
Yes. And uh, a couple of... She's still wearing her wedding dress, right? She's wearing this enormous, big, white, poofy thing. Yeah. And uh, she does try to talk to a homeless guy at one point. And he uh, steals her tiara. Yeah. uh, Which is the, honestly, best case scenario. Uh, Yeah. The the R-rated version looks very different. And so... (laughs) uh, So, you know, she's just uh, distraught. She's lost. She doesn't know what to do. And now it's starting to rain. Oh, God. Just, she just can't catch a break. And you feel for her. You feel so bad for her. She's so innocent. Yes. All she does is hang out in her treehouse with her animal friends. She's not going to survive in New York. No, no. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, we go to (laughs) divorce mediator Patrick Dempsey. (laughs) What a perfect idea for a foil for her a divorce attorney what is the least disney princess job (laughs) (laughs) yes and he he's got that kind of jaded about love vibe you know he there this couple is fighting tooth and nail about a baseball card but one thing about him is that he puts his daughter as his first priority so he leaves the meeting to go pick her up and uh He's got some news. He's got some news. You know, Patrick Dempsey is divorced. He's got a daughter who's like, what would we say? In grade school, right? Like nine, maybe? I would say she's even like seven. She's little. Oh, okay. Maybe a little younger. Um, But he's been seeing Idina Menzel, Hmm. uh, which is fine because Idina Menzel is a hottie. I get it. And uh, and he's thinking that it's time to pop the question to her. But he's got to talk to his daughter first. He's got to ease his daughter into it so he gets her a book of, like, famous girl bosses in history (laughs) or something. This was before the girl boss gatekeep movement. (laughs) (laughs) But it, it is like a book with, like, Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the cover or something. Yeah. And... And, uh, and he's like, you know, I, uh, I really like my, what, what is Adina Menzel's character's name? Uh, Nancy. Nancy. I really like my hot girlfriend, Nancy. (laughs) And, uh, I'm thinking of getting, you know, I'm thinking of getting married. He's about to tell her, like, I think of getting married. What do you think? And then he can't say that because his daughter's like, hey, there's a woman in a wedding dress climbing up on that billboard. Yeah, so the billboard is for a castle casino, probably in New Jersey, and she is knocking on the door. Giselle climbed up this billboard because she thinks it's a real castle, poor thing, and wants to get inside, but it is just a billboard. But the little girl climbs out of the taxi and runs across the street. Patrick Dempsey Uh. is understandably very upset. I would be furious. Don't do that again. But she's like, look it's a real woman it's not a mannequin like you said dad and uh giselle is asked by patrick dempsey hey like do you need some help and then she falls she falls off the billboard land he catches her she lands in his arms and he's got to be thinking well shit this is going to be my whole fucking evening now (laughs) but he's a hero he's a little prince charming mr mcdreamy and uh she is obviously very grateful that somebody's being nice to her. At one point, she's like, nobody's helping me. Everyone's really mean. And he says in that sarcastic way, welcome to New York. And she genuinely takes that as a welcome and says, oh, my, thank you. Thank you. Thank it, you so much. It's very I, sweet. I'm just looking for a place to sleep, maybe a nearby meadow or a hollow tree. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, a girl compliments her dress. She's like, oh, thank you. I got the silk from my silkworm friends. And... 
my my forest creatures all spun it together for me. Um, and uh, fun fact about Patrick Dempsey that popped up on my uh, Amazon uh, stream at this point was that uh, before tra- before getting McDreamy, he actually went out for house. Oh, yeah, interesting. I know him from Can't Buy Me Love. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. One one um, very good okay. classic. Anyways, so. Um, basically the daughter is like, daddy, can Princess Giselle crash at our place? And Patrick Dempsey is like, absolutely fucking not. (laughs) That's an insane thing to ask. Um, so, uh, they do take her back to Patrick Dempsey's place, uh, uptown. And, uh, he's like, I will call you a car. They will take you wherever you need to go. He lives on 116th and Riverside. This man makes a lot of money. And so uh, he uh, and and he's like, okay, so we'll just take you inside. You can use phone. I'll call you a car. They'll take you wherever you want to go. Um, and she passes out on the couch right away. In like a cute princessy way with her hands yes. folded gently underneath yes. her face. It's perfect. And he's like, ah, shit, ah, shit. So he calls the car company and midway through the call, he sees her sleeping and he's like, you know what? She's pretty hot. Let's just let her <laughs> sleep. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. There is a, a whole lot of suspension of disbelief that we have to have because logically speaking, if a woman is like, yeah, I was getting married and my animal friends spun right. this silk, I'd be like, you can't come in. Right. But he's like, she's hot. So it's fine. It, it's <laughs> that, I like there's he doesn't say she's hot, but you see it in his eyes. Yeah. And you see it in his pants. <laughs> So, so yeah, it's not, I would say, the most sound decision-making. Uh, no. But basically, um, she passes out on the couch, and she's gonna, she's gonna spend the night, and now this is, like, part of Patrick Dempsey's life. Yeah, but we, uh, we get to see two different things. Uh, yes. A, we get to see that the prince is coming after her. That's right. Act two, baby. James Marston is in New York. We're going quick. We're going quick. He (laughs) dove into the portal at the fountain where the old hag was, and he lands with his feet in second position. Very funny. Perfect. So funny. And he bursts through the manhole upon some Verizon workers, because we have to have some product placement, and uh, and is like, I am looking for a fair maiden, and wields his his sword and scares everybody scares everyone is this where he, does he stab a bus at this point or does that come later that comes a little later but he does kind of manhandle these worker guys yeah. and one of it's great oh sorry go on. no it's yeah great. one of the most important screenwriting choices in this movie is that james marston's character is a huge idiot <laughs> uh and it's really good it's really good because <laughs> he addresses most people as peasants which is yes very funny in the context of this, because he's such an idiot and most people actually end up helping him. But uh, he does say, I'm looking for a fair maiden. And he steps off of the manhole grate that they have there. And then Peter Pettigrew pops out. And yes. these guys are like, let me guess. You're looking for a beautiful girl, too. He goes, no, I'm looking for a man. And everyone's and uncomfortable. And the was like, uh, yeah, I mean, that's cool, buddy. That's fine. Just like, <laughs> Just uh, don't make it my business. Yeah. Kind of. Um, so, uh, and also coming through the manhole is the chipmunk. Yes, uh, but he's not Italian anymore. Yeah, he can't speak English in the real world. <laughs> what an amazing 
little tiny thing that just gets in the way of absolutely everything. Yes. Um, but we're going to move on to the, I would say, for my money, the funniest scene in the movie. A hundred percent. So Giselle wakes up. There's a moment of, where am I? What's going on? She's in a New York City apartment. She's 3D. And it's dirty in there. And she's not used to that. <laughs> this just won't do. Uh, so she goes to the window and she sings her song to call her woodland friends. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, but it's New York. So instead of Woodland Friends, she gets rats, flies, pigeons, and roaches. Listen, I had to look away every time a roach was on screen. It's, it's disgusting. It's nasty. But fun fact, uh, they use a lot of real animals. The, oh, really? Yeah, they use uh, all mostly real pigeons and mostly real rats. Imagine being the rat wrangler like on this set. <laughs> It's got to be really fun. The, the, when the little girl yeah. picks them up, the, she's picking up real rats. But oh, uh, let's move on to she tells them, look, th- this this is a really messy apartment and I'm going to need your help. Let's get to work. <laughs> so they sing Happy Working Song, which was nominated for an Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, well-deserved. Well-deserved. It actually lost to How Does She Know, I think. Oh, okay. Good. Uh, but... Um, but it's just like it's literally just every like whistle while you work or Cinderella, Cinderella. It's exactly <laughs> the same template as those songs, but it's about fucking roaches cleaning the bathtub. Yeah, so the the, the roaches are cleaning the mildew off the bathtub. All the trash is getting picked up while the pigeons eat the leftover food. Uh, pretty nasty, but very funny. Disgusting, disgusting, but so funny. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so they got Happy Working Song, All the Vermin in the City, (laughs) come, uh, to put it together, and then, uh, Amy Adams, uh, decides to go take a shower, uh, and as Patrick Dempsey wakes up and is like, holy shit, what are all these rats and pigeons doing in my apartment? (laughs) So he and his daughter work really, really hard to take out all of this vermin, but their apartment is clean. Now, question. If the most disgusting creatures of New York City cleaned the apartment, is the apartment clean? I would clean it again. Yeah. I would clean it again. I think so, too. Now, like, here, so I think this has come up on previous episodes. We had a sewer backup and my basement flooded with poop water two weeks ago. (laughs) And I had to rip all of our carpet out and we had to take a bunch of our drywall out. Now, if roaches had helped me do all of that... (laughs) I would still have more work to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really doubles the work. But <laughs> but in this movie, it's spotless and clean. We're going to let that pass. We're going to let that pass. It's cartoon logic. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Patrick Dempsey knocks on the bathroom door and walks in on Giselle in the shower. But wait! The pigeons are helping her stay modest. Yeah, and they, they just bring her a towel. They wrap right a towel on. around her, and she doesn't understand how plumbing works, and neither does he. And uh, at the same time, Adina Menzel slash Nancy comes. Look, fellas, this one. Okay, so fellas, <laughs> you don't want your lady coming in when you got another lady in a towel. No, even if it's just as innocent as a former cartoon woman. Like, how are, how are you possibly going to explain this one? Look, she's a cartoon. <laughs> she's been sent here by a curse. She fell into my arms. She had the place cleaned up. Now she had the rats clean it, but 
She had the place cleaned up. And yes, the moment you saw us, she happened to trip and fall and is lying right on top of me. In a towel. In a towel. Um, so it does not go well no. when Adina Menzel comes She's in. She's so pissed. She's like, I... I do everything that you ask as far as boundaries go because of your daughter. I don't spend the night here. We, like, don't share an apartment, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm leaving. Don't bother contacting me. Oh, God. And and you know what? I kind of get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it 100%. I'd be pissed, too. And uh, But, you know, Giselle's trying to explain as well. Like, I'm really, I'm lost. You know, I'm from a cartoon. She doesn't say that. But yeah. uh, Nancy's not having it. Yeah. So she's furious. She will get over it remarkably quickly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she's furious. I, I like to admit, knowing that there was an R-rated version of this script has just really expanded my mind. I, where it's just like, she falls on top of him. His dick flies out of his pants. Oh, no. uh, uh, he uh, he uh, starts, uh, starts no, no, putting no. jizz everywhere. Tony, uh, you're he, thinking he, to, like, 2010s. We're talking yeah, 97. Right. It's her titties are out. Her, you're right. Her titties are out. Yeah. Uh, one of them just falls right in his face. Yeah. And Adina and Menzel's like, what are you doing putting her titties in your face? And he's like, this was an accident. She's supposed to be a cartoon. I need to fuck a pie. <laughs> but yeah, so so she, Nancy's fucking pissed. But uh, Giselle puts on a dress that she made from their curtains. And- I. It, it, so funny where he's like where'd you get that that's a different dress where'd you get that she's like i made it and you see behind her like a perfect dress shaped outline (laughs) cut out of the curtain so funny he is understandably pissed now his curtains that i'm assuming are made of fucking silk because he lives on 116th and riverside are just destroyed and he's like i gotta get you out of here but you gotta come with me because i'm late to work and so they end up in columbus circle where he works and uh, t- he takes her up to her office where we meet Jody Benson. <laughs> yes, Jody Benson with her huge aquarium. Meanwhile, this is the part of the movie actually where James Marsden jumps on top of a New York City bus and stabs it. Oh, right, right, right. Yes. And the bus driver scares him away, which is very funny. Very funny. Uh, then we find out that, wait, did they, oh, and then they go to Katz's. Yes. How did they? they the I don't know how they end up down. First of all, they end up on in Times Square, and then they go yeah, all the way down to the terrible. Lower East Side. Geography is terrible in this movie. They ended like, up at guys. Katz's Deli in the Lower East Side, which is really far. I don't think that they would even. He wouldn't walk that far. He's a prince. Now Nadia used to live in New York, and I have been there like twice. So are we <laughs> both going to try and communicate that like we know where everything is in the city? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 Nadia yeah. actually does. <laughs> I'm do. pretending, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's far and he's a prince I he won't put any actual effort into things he also doesn't have a horse <laughs> so a couple things are happening at this deli one is uh the evil stepmother the queen who is still a cartoon communicating through magic is talking to peter Pettigrew, talking to the timothy spall character saying you have to give giselle a poison apple and if you do it i might let you fuck me yeah an interesting uh <laughs> what is it what is it called incentive N- uh negotiation device yeah <laughs> my pussy <laughs> <laughs> he's you know she i hate to i hate to keep coming back to milf pussy but 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 that's a plot device it's smilf pussy because she's a step milf (laughs) (laughs) so 
But that that's the point. Is like she's trying to seduce Timothy Spall, and she's like, "Yes, I have plenty to offer you if you poison Giselle." So she gives him three poison apples. Meanwhile, um, uh, Spall and Marsden sit down to eat their lunch at the deli, and the chipmunk, who has seen everything, mm-hmm. um, is trying to tip James Marsden off that, like, look, the guy you're with, Timothy Spall, is trying to murder Giselle. <laughs> He's trying to murder Giselle. He can't speak, so he's doing this incredibly elaborate <laughs> pantomime. Yeah, with... he, he takes on the persona of Timothy Spall, yeah. and then he takes on the persona of Giselle by having enormous chipmunk titties. Yeah, just he makes himself curvy. He sit, he hums the, the one true kiss song. Like, it's so funny. It's so perfect. James Marsden just getting none of it. Just just huge dumbass. He's like, I you'd be it. dead without me? You think I'm handsome? <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of shit and uh the, eventually peter pettigrew takes him and it puts him in his pocket he's like you are gonna out me and uh then they move on they keep looking for her in various places yeah. around the city they end up in washington square park at one point which again geography makes no sense yeah uh but then make it down i think they like end up in like queens or something and mm-hmm. and go into a hotel yeah, so they're in a. They basically end up in a flop house, but it's called like the Grand Duke Motel or right. something, which is why they pick it. So they're just in this like shitty little uh, high rise motel room. Um, and meanwhile, Giselle is hanging out in the lobby of um, uh, Dempsey's uh, office uh, with Jody Benson at the desk. And <laughs> Patrick Dempsey comes out with the couple we saw earlier uh, who's getting divorced and. He, for some reason, Giselle is like, oh my gosh, you have such pretty eyes, madam. You two must be so much in love. And Patrick Dempsey's like, Giselle, oh God, you just ruined everything. Well, no, hold on a second. Yeah. She goes straight for a black woman's hair, touches oh, it. Oh, yeah, that is right. Yes, yes. And that is not okay. That Solange is not okay. That. You know, she, she goes and touches this woman's hair and is like, your hair is so beautiful. Your eyes have a sparkle in them. And then, and I was like, no. That's the one thing about this movie that I'm, like, not super crazy about. But in the end, she finds out that these people are getting divorced. They're separating. They're married. They were married. They don't want to be married anymore. And it crushes her. She is sobbing. And it offends those people deeply. (laughs) They're like, I don't know what kind of games that you're playing. There's these weird tactics to get what you want in the mediation, but we're not having it. And uh, they leave in a huff, and he's just so upset. She's basically ruining his career. Incredible tactic as a mediator to have a plant in the lobby to just be like, divorce, (laughs) what's that? (laughs) Uh, Also, someone who takes a fish from the fish tank and then puts it in her mouth. Yeah, that's... That was weird. Oh, ma'am, don't drink that. Don't drink that. Please spit it out. And she spits out the water, and there's a fish in it. (laughs) it's a lot but eventually he takes her down finally across the street and is like i'm gonna give you some money and i can't help you anymore and giselle is instead at central park right yeah at central park and instead of being butthurt about it giselle's really just grateful he showed her true kindness in a city or a place a new world that she just doesn't understand and she walks on her merry way and is immediately swindled out of all of her money (laughs) Yes. Yeah, immediately gives all of her money to a lady on the bench. But that lady on the bench is not nobody. She was on the bus that got stabbed by James Marsden. Oh, layers. Yeah, so all of a sudden, 
Giselle has a lead. And then Patrick Dempsey is like, Jesus, okay, I gotta take you back because you're completely helpless. Yeah. Uh, so then we get to maybe the best scene in the movie. Oh, what a joy. Uh, so she's hungry because, you know, yes. she might be from a cartoon. She's still gotta eat. <laughs> and so he buys her a hot dog and they walk through Central Park and she asks him about Nancy. And he asks her about the prince. Yeah. The prince and her met just yesterday. And Nancy and Patrick Dempsey have been dating for five years. And Giselle just, like, can't comprehend why he would wait that long. Five years? Now, how long was I dating Stacy before I proposed to her? Was it longer than five years? Maybe. We don't need to get into that on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but Giselle, having just met her prince and is, you know, was literally in her wedding dress not 12 hours before, just can't comprehend what that is like. Like, how would Nancy know that he loves her if he doesn't propose? Right. And uh, he's like, you know, there's other things we do. And then she says, but how does she know? And he's like, you know, we have other ways. We talk to each other. We're rational people. And then she's like, how does she know? <laughs> and then he's like, you really don't have to sing. Uh, and then. <laughs> and this is Steel... a perfect representation of us and our friendship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Me being like, la, and then you being like, please stop. It's like, we don't need to do this. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then all of a sudden, the buskers uh, that are right next to them start playing, how does she know that you love her? And he's like, wait, do you know this song too? And then they just keep playing it. And then all of a sudden, every single person in Central Park is singing or dancing to how does she know? Incredible. Uh, We've got people and- on rollerblades doing... Uh, break dancing. We've got yeah. elderly people dancing, and they are the original dancers from Mary Poppins, and that made me cry. And just so many people are contributing to this beautiful song about just being romantic. Yeah. I, You've I got love to that. show her. You need her. Like, huge production number, like, you know, four or five minute song. It's beautiful. It's so wonderfully done. Um, it's It's the kind of thing, I mean, it's the kind of thing, like, you know, when Beauty and the Beast first came out in 91 or whatever is, you know, the opening song, Belle, mm-hmm. is a huge production. It's animated, but it's a huge production. There's literally hundreds of characters, yeah. animated characters, singing that song. And it's like, wow, this feels like a top tier, like, sh- number you would see in a Broadway musical. Yes. And that's what this feels like, too. Yes. Alan Menken, Stephen Schwartz, they really knocked it out of the park. But I want to talk about the content of the song. <laughs> Tony romance (laughs) we don't get a lot like uh, especially nowadays i understand that it's lovely that we're getting a lot more like i don't need a man type stuff messages Mm -hmm. about that we got as young women about like being saved by men etc etc is not Mm -hmm. great but this one is a it finds a really good happy medium where it's like how do you show love to someone and how do they show love to you and it was it melted my coldest steel heart Mm -hmm. i loved it i thought it was very romantic and sweet and i think we need a little bit more of that into the in this world it's it's a very sweet song um and and it's you know i think patrick dempsey is starting to learn a little something tony he starts kind of bobbing his head along with the music (laughs) this is huge and what's crazy is this is the exact spot that 10 years earlier 
Tim Allen watched those buskers perform <laughs> in Central Park with his adopted, oh. Ven- or no, his biological son from Venezuela, <laughs> Mimi Siku. Oh my God. Yes, but they do end up at the Bethesda Fountain with the angel on the water, one of my favorite statues. Yes. Coincidence that My Chemical Romance used that as their imagery for their return concert? <laughs> I think not. But it is a very iconic place. And uh, eventually... Uh, Giselle comes up with a great idea. She puts together a beautiful wreath shaped like a heart and has two live doves take that to Nancy. (laughs) And then Patrick Dempsey's like, how do live doves know where Nancy lives? And they just fly away. Really good. But the other thing that happens during this song is uh, James Marsden sees Giselle from a distance. (gasps) sees her in Central Park. He's like, Giselle, my love! He's on a bridge, he jumps down onto the bridge, and the music swells up for the re- uh, reprise of I've Been Dreaming of One True Kiss. And he just gets fucking plowed by a bike. It's so good, but he do- they finally find each other. I, but during this time, also, we cannot forget to mention that Peter Pettigrew wants to poison Giselle with the apple. So he gives three poison apples. He gives her her first poison apple before this starts. Uh yes. that is in disguise as a candy apple vendor. Exactly. And he gives it to her yes. for free. And Patrick Dempsey, you know, being in a capitalist society, is like, for free, eh? That's a little weird. But as she gestures about love, she throws it into the air and then it uh lands into one of the bike riders' helmets and burns a hole into it. So definitely poisonous. <laughs> Definitely poisonous. In case you were like, maybe the twist is that the apple isn't really poison. It is. So, uh, okay. So, um, so basically, the flower wreath fixes everything with Adina Menzel, which I love. <laughs> she she's like, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. Um, it's exactly what I needed. You know what? Giselle seems like a lovely person, and if she says that nothing happens, I believe her. Yes, like, is okay. that believable? <laughs> I don't know. I think about it the other way. So let's say I come home one day, and I don't know where from because I don't go anywhere, but let's say I come home one day and (laughs) my wife is lying on the floor and on top of her is James Marsden wearing a towel. Oh. Like, I'd have have questions. I'd, yeah. I'd, you know, I have other (laughs) thoughts, but I won't get into it. I won't get into it. (laughs) So... Uh, we go back to, uh, so, so Marston and Giselle see each other, but they don't get a chance to meet. Um, and then Marston, uh, crashes at the, uh, he's back at the flop house and just flipping through the TV and they watch a soap opera. Yes. Uh, in which the female lead is Paige O'Hara. <laughs> um, and Peter Pettigrew is starting to have some thoughts here. Yes. He, she She's talking to this man in the soap opera and is like, you have no self-respect. You don't like yourself. How can I like someone who doesn't like themselves? And Peter Pettigrew is like, interesting. Hey, wait a second. Yeah. And he asks, in a heartbreaking moment, he asks the prince, sire, do you like yourself? And James Marston is just such a buffoon. He's just like, what's not yeah. to like? And that is the attitude yeah. we should all have about ourselves. That's exactly right. Hey, guys, what's not to like about you? Yeah. Tweet us your favorite yeah. thing about yourself, and we will share it. And we will also say we love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the date at the pizza place is next, I Yes, believe, right? it is. It is. 
So what what was the setup for this? It was just she she's like Patrick Dempsey's like, well, you're still here, so I guess we're friends now, and we're going to the pizza place. Yes. So uh, what happens is while they're walking before the big number, Patrick Dempsey tells her that uh, he and Nancy date. They get to yes. know each other. They talk to each other. Uh, while they eat dinner. While together. they eat dinner at a, a special place, and so uh, obviously they need to eat. So he takes his daughter. I'm, I'm assuming that this is their like regular spot because it's right across the street mm-hmm. from their apartment. So yes. he take and his daughter was like hanging out with like I'm assuming the manager, and like folding <laughs> towels. I don't or folding napkins. I don't know. We get no backstory yeah, about that. Yeah, we need some backstory on how the how the Bellanote diner or Bellanote restaurante uh, <laughs> it fits into Patrick Dempsey's life. Yeah, but it, this is a classist movie. We're on 116th and Riverside. Okay, <laughs> we're not going to get into the working class. So we learn. We instead get to see Giselle talking to Patrick Dempsey about his life. She's asking him, like, what are what? Tell me about her mom. And she didn't die like in a normal Disney movie. She fucking mm. left, yeah. which is bleak. And, Very bleak. But he opens up to her, even though he doesn't open up to many people about it. And Giselle realizes they're at a special restaurant. They're eating dinner. That must mean they're on a date. <laughs> and Patrick Dempsey's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. But all of us are like, hee hee, yes, you are. <laughs> it's like, yes, you are. You're falling in love. Um, yeah. And then... You know, definitely the most disappointing part of the film. Uh, Timothy Spall approaches the table in Italian face. Uh, <laughs> he is an Italian tempt. face. Yeah, it's, ah, yeah, with the bella, uh, bella, bellissima uh, lady, madame, like an appletini. And so he gives her a poison appletini. Uh, <laughs> That's number two. Which she ends Apple up, number two. Yes, apple number two, which she ends up not drinking because guess who shows up? The the chipmunk. The chipmunk. Yeah. I forgot his name. Um Pip. so Giselle's like his name is Pip. Pip, thank you. So so Giselle's like, Oh my gosh, Pip is back, my friend Pip and and uh and so, you know, this freaks people out because there's a chipmunk on the table. Yeah, um, and nobody and... nobody notices that she's having a full on conversation with the chipmunk and he's like yeah. giving her kisses and stuff. They're like, She's it's attacking her face. Right. Really So great. um and Timothy Spall obviously is like, we need this chipmunk to die because he's going to out me. So uh, kind of a fight ensues in the pizza parlor. There's a big fireball in the pizza place. Um, but everybody kind of gets out uh, more or less unscathed. Yes, exactly. Uh, but there is a moment where, wait, did you say that he throws him in the fire yet? He throws, he the chipmunk uh, lands on the pizza. Timothy Spall picks up the pizza and throws it like a Frisbee into the brick oven. And Amy Adams is understandably distraught that her friend was just thrown into the fire and starts crying. But everyone else is cheering because a rodent has met its demise like it should in New York City specifically. Uh, but this is all covered on the nightly news. And guess who's watching? Yeah, James Marsden. It's like, in this pizza place uh, was the site of an unbelievable battle between an Italian man and a chipmunk. From 116th and Riverside, I'm, and then I don't know the anchor's name, but they, like, named her after another Disney actress. Yes, they did. And she, and, and James Marsden is like, this magic mirror told me where to go. And so he finally makes his way there and mm-hmm. realizes that, I don't know how he, he doesn't. Realized. 
But he, he doesn't know what unit he doesn't she's know in. what unit she's in. So he starts just knocking on every door, and we get a lot of tiny comedy moments there, where he ends up at like a a, a gay biker's house. And yeah, he, the big biker dude who just looks at him like, "Yeah, I'll fuck your mouth." Yeah. And then Mark. <laughs> Marston is like, no, thank you. There are no gay people in Disney movies. And so, uh, and then the other one was the actress who voiced Pocahontas yes. um, is there. And she has four kids and her hair is in curlers. And she's like, you're too late. Yeah. But he eventually hears Giselle singing and finds mm-hmm. his way to their house. Yeah. Uh, Edward. And- that's the prince's name. Oh, wait. It's this far, he doesn't get this there far yet. down in my notes. Yes, yes, Edward. So he's not there yet. Hold on. Because yes. they, yes. after the dinner, she's like a little upset because her friend Pip. Oh, no. They discovered that the there's no rodent remains in the fire. So she has faith that Pip is still alive and she's very happy about it. So she's like, pretty who's stoked. combing through the ashes? Looking for a tiny chipmunk skeleton. There are tiny little details that we need to move forward so she can have hope, okay? So she has hope that he's alive, and she knows for a fact that Edward, Prince Edward, is coming for her. And Patrick Dempsey's like, I don't think that's true. There's no such thing as whatever it is that you're describing about love. And she's like, yes, he's going to come. And they get into, they get into it. And Giselle experiences anger for the first time. The first time she's ever been angry. Hmm. I don't. She's like, oh my. And like, sends her. Like, she. I mean, she becomes delirious afterwards. Like, she. I don't even know how to describe it, but like, she becomes angry for a second. She's like, oh my God, I've never felt this before. I mean, isn't it uh, amazing when someone in your life makes you experience new emotions that you've never felt before? Hmm. 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 Somebody that you're Anyways. getting to know slowly? Hmm. <laughs> Through eating dinner at restaurants and asking about their, their life. And talking about each uh, other? So. Hmm. So. Oh, but there is a moment. No, hold on. Oh. There is a moment. Oh, a charged moment. Where Patrick Dempsey is in kind of an open robe. And Giselle <laughs> messes with his chest hair a little bit with her fingers. It's electrically charged. And uh, they both are are about to kiss each other. But they, what about Nancy and the prince? They separate and they just kind of cool off in their own little corners. But then Edward shows mm. up. Yeah, Edward shows up the next day. Yes. Uh, so next morning, Edward shows up and like he's, and by the way, the costuming on this film. <laughs> it's just so good. The, it's very good. The prince's outfit, it, you know, James Marsden is very much in shape, but they like filled yeah. it in quite a bit so that he would look very muscly in comparison to Patrick yeah. Dempsey, which I appreciated. Just huge, huge, uh, build. Like he's wearing tights, purple shirt, like enormous puffy shoulder caps. <laughs> um, it, it's very well done costuming. Um, so, um, Edward shows up the next morning and they rush to embrace each other and begin, and Edward immediately begins singing the reprise of I've been dreaming of one loves true kiss. And Patrick Dempsey's like, Oh, he sings too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Giselle doesn't uh, sing. Giselle doesn't sing. 
And Marston, uh, Marston, God, he's so fucking funny. Marston, like, tries to cue her with, like, my duet. <laughs> like, he, he jumps his voice up, like, two octaves <laughs> to try to cue it's her. It's so good. And he's like, you're not, you're not singing. And she's like, oh, I don't feel like I need to sing. And that kind of throws him off. And uh, he's like, okay, well, I found you. That's all I really wanted to do. You know, thank you, Patrick Dempsey, for keeping her safe. But let's go get married. And she's like, hold yeah, let's, let, the phone. Yeah. <laughs> let's get to know each other. Let's go on a date. Yeah. And he says, okay, after we go on our date, then we'll get married. And she's like, okay, fine. Just, just, oh, boy, you can tell. You, at this point in the audience, you're piecing it together. You're like, oh, no, she's fall, she's fallen in love with Patrick Dempsey. Yeah. Oh, no, she doesn't belong with James Morriston. I know. And so she says goodbye, a tearful goodbye to Patrick Dempsey and the little tiny baby child. Uh, and they make their way off to have a date. And Patrick Dempsey is clearly distraught. Yes. He's like, you can come visit anytime. It's just brutal. He's like, well, I'm looking forward to marrying Adina Menzel and <laughs> hoping Giselle comes back to visit so I can be like, wow, you look good, like once every seven years. Oh, why? <laughs> horrifying, horrifying. Uh, so we do get one of my favorite shots in the movie, which is Giselle and Prince Edward walking on the Brooklyn Bridge and James Marsden just has every piece of touristy shit <laughs> on him he's got the foam statue of liberty crown he's got like the i heart new york like keychain like he's got everything yeah and uh he's like uh are you ready to go back to andalasia because you know we've had our date it's time to get married Clock's ticking come on let's you know let's pick it up here i'm sure he's horny like yeah they can't talk about it, but I'm sure that's what happened. Don't you think James Marsden would have been infinitely better than Chris Pine in Into the Woods? I mean, I think anybody would have been better than anyone they cast in Into the Woods. <laughs> like, you could you could replace two of the actors with you and me. It would have been a better <laughs> film. Honestly, I'm into that idea. Let's go back in time real yeah. quick. Um, yes, I wish. Um, and so... <laughs> I did play. So, I did play a really good Cinderella in Into the Woods Junior. So, okay, yeah. okay. Um, and uh, how how did you do with the scene at the ball? Oh, that's right. There are no scenes at the ball in Into the Woods. They never show the ball once. But there three is a ball in this movie. <laughs> that's right. Oh, perfect segue. Yes. So perfect so before segue. we get to the ball, uh. They agree to go, and that's a really big, huge thing. Yeah. So there's like a there's like a fundraiser ball somewhere in New York that's like basically Disney princess themed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's kind of like Marie Antoinette themed. Like everyone kind of looks like they're in uh, what's that one movie? Marie Antoinette. Marie Antoinette. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but Patrick Dempsey gets tickets for the ball and gives them to Nancy, and there's this like tiny scene with them where she's just ecstatic. I can't believe yeah. that's so romantic of you that you were going a to. a nice school. romantic gesture. Which, like, yeah. girl, like, if he wasn't treating you the way you wanted to be treated, you didn't speak up about it, like, what's going on there? Also, like, you could do better probably, but besides the point. Uh, Giselle tells the prince that she wants to go to that ball, so she goes to the little girl and is like, I 
I'm going to go to the ball, but I don't know what I'm going to wear. And the little girl says, no worries. And she goes into her dad's underwear drawer and takes out his credit card and says, my dad said that this is only for emergencies and this is an emergency. And they go shopping. (laughs) Okay. Not an emergency. Not an emergency. But they go to literally every single store and they're walking out with all these bags. There's moments like even from Pretty Woman where she forgets a bag. I kind of feel like they could have cut the shopping montage, to be honest. It got a very high consumerism rating on Common Sense Media, this movie. Yes. Um, Yeah, this scene kind of feels unnecessary to me. They kept it because at the end the girl says, is this what it's like going shopping with your mother? Yeah. that's a that, little heartbreaking. That's, right. That's that's why they put it in for the, that character uh, piece. But, like, we don't need, like, a, a late aughts dance hit montage of taking bags out of stores in this movie. This movie works by itself. Yes, it does. But Giselle does end up coming to the ball in a more modern dress. Because it's showing how she's changing and adjusting and acclimating into this new world where everyone else around her is in costume and looking like they don't belong in this world. Hmm, interesting. Yes. Hmm, okay. So before we talk about the ball in detail, the other plot point here is Susan Sarandon is like, well, shit. Yeah. Uh, Fucking Peter Pettigrew hasn't done jack shit for me to actually help. Just like Peter Pettigrew in the Harry Potter series, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. Uh, I guess he did bring back He Voldemort. does massive you know, damage in a different kind of way. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, so uh, he's fucking it up. I'm just going to have to take care of this myself. So she dives, the evil animated stepmother, which dives through the portal and comes out as Susan Sarandon in the middle of Times Square. And at this point, the construction workers are like, we got to do something about this fucking man. <laughs> But Susan Sarandon comes out, uh, lots of imagery hearkening back to Maleficent and Sleeping Beauty. Yes. Gorgeous, gorgeous uh, makeup and costuming. She looks looks like how I want to look as a goth middle-aged woman. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Uh, but very, very obvious in this and then her eventual transformation into a dragon. Very obvious visual cues to Maleficent. Yes, Absolutely. 100%. So yeah. she ends, she finds uh, Peter Pettigrew, who is on a radio talk show, asking for some help uh, from like a doctor, like a Dr. Drew type person. Yeah, I think it's Leon from The Ladies Man. I think it's actually, <laughs> it's the Tim Meadows character in The Ladies Man. I bought you some flowers. Uh, so she... <laughs> She finds him, calls him worthless, and uh, eventually they make their way to the ball because she has got only one poison apple left, and she's got to hurry up because they're going to leave and come back to Andalasia, and she's going to lose her crown. So we finally end up at the ball. At the ball. They show the ball in this movie, which is important. (laughs) Uh, everyone is dressed in period costumes. Uh, Patrick Dempsey and Idina Menzel uh, are there together. I'm sorry, I wrote that down wrong in my notes. Adele Dazim uh, <laughs> are there together, and they uh, and they're dressed in period costumes. And I'm like, where the hell do they have those lying around? Yeah, um, where did that but, come from? But uh, Amy Adams shows up at the ball, and like you said, she's dressed more modern. And look, I'm gonna say it. She's a, she's a smoke show. Yes. She looks amazing. Uh, The prince looks like his normal self because he didn't change for some reason. Uh, But Adina Menzel kind of clocks that Patrick Dempsey. She she knows what's up. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking. It is really, it's very upsetting. That's the one part that we didn't really get to address in a a healthy way is how this is a little fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. 
but uh, eventually the evil hag shows up in person, mm-hmm. not as a cartoon. And it's Susan Sarandon in heavy, heavy makeup and no teeth. And she tricks Amy Adams, Giselle, into eating that final poisonous apple. Mm-hmm. And she falls. And she doesn't. And the thing is, she doesn't even have to really persuade her because what happens is, what happens is, you know, Giselle and Edward, they show up at the ball. Patrick Dempsey and Adina Menzel, they're together at the ball. They're dancing. And then they do the King's Waltz and they have to dance with someone they did not accompany to the yes. dance. I don't know who <laughs> fucking made up that rule. Like it's champagne snowball at the $10,000 a plate fundraiser. But right. Patrick Dempsey and Amy Adams dance together to another Oscar nominated song. And, um, and it's, you know, it's this very, I mean, they're in love. They're very obviously in love at, that, yes. at this moment. Um, and then Edward is like, all right, Amy Adams, back to Andalaza, and then uh, just takes her out by the hand. And he's taking her out of the dance hall. She's crying. She's crying because she's like, no, I love someone else, but I can't say it. And it's heartbreaking. And so when this old woman comes with the poison apple, is like, you know, you should eat this apple. Amy Adams is like, fuck it. Yeah, give me the apple. Yeah. It's really sad. And uh, eventually, you know, like most fairy tale stories, there has to be some sort of way to fix it. <laughs> Why isn't it a true love's kiss? Yeah. And so true love's kiss. James so, Marsden lays one on her. It doesn't work. Nothing. Nothing. So then James Marsden like kisses her a bunch more times, which is very funny. Super funny. And nothing happens. And eventually he turns to Patrick Dempsey and is like, "You are the one that's gonna Buddy. have to do this." Yeah. And he's like, "No, oh, no. She. There's no way. It's true love." And Adina Menzel cuts in and is like, just kiss her. Kiss her, Robert. It's okay. (laughs) Fellas, fellas, if your lady is saying, kiss her, it's okay, it's not okay. (laughs) That's a trap. Not okay. (laughs) Oh, it's so heartbreaking. So... Amy Adams, so he kisses her. Amy Adams wakes up, and you can see it on Adina Menzel's face. You're like, she's like, well, shit. Guess I'm not getting married. That was a fun five years. Uh, And uh, Susan Sarandon is, I'd say, understandably upset. And uh, decides to turn into a dragon and kill everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, her titties are out, and so is her dragon-ness. And uh, she... She turns into a dragon, takes Patrick Dempsey, not the princess, and starts climbing the building. And this is yeah. where shit gets crazy. Yeah, so, you know, this is kind of kicking into special effects overdrive here, but there's there's basically, like, Patrick Dempsey's got a sword. Again, This do- there's a visual reference to Sleeping Beauty here yes. because you got... Um, the prince fighting a dragon with the sword of virtue and the shield of truth or whatever it was. Um, as Amy Adams runs out to the ledge to go after Patrick Dempsey, she leaves her shoe behind on the dance floor, which is, you know, an obvious reference to Cinderella. Uh, Amy Adams gets the sword at one point. She goes into the sword stance she has is like a deliberate visual reference to Mulan. Like, there's there's all of this just kind of throwing every final climactic battle of a Disney movie yes. uh, into the blender. Well, the only part about this that I didn't enjoy was that Susan Sarandon basically narrates that there is, like, a switch 
yeah. <clears throat> where it's like, excuse me, the uh, the princess is saving the guy and like all of that stuff. Like we didn't really need that. I understand that this is for children and like they may might need us to explain. Yeah. But like we didn't need that whole monologue. And then she looks at the camera and she's like, do you get it, audience? Yeah. It's like a Disney movie, but backwards. <laughs> yeah, that's the only part of the movie I think I would do some major edits on. But otherwise, yeah. incredible. Yeah, I mean, great great special effects. But yeah, I do agree that, that Susan Sarandon was monologuing a little too much. Yes. Um, the point is, they kill the dragon, they survive, everything's okay. Right. And then, uh, meanwhile, Adina Menzel's sitting on the dance floor just by herself in, like, fucking... 18th century dress she's miserable and patrick uh and and um james marsden walks up to her and is like can i touch your feet <laughs> yes and he puts he puts her slipper or giselle's slipper on and it fits yeah mm. so it's like hmm hmm Maybe this is going to work out after all. <laughs> it is, uh, it's very interesting. But, um, yes, uh, Patrick Dempsey is saved eventually by Giselle. It's raining. Everyone's wet. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. that's the beginning of a happily ever after. That's right. So, we get to the end credits and a couple things are going on. You know, uh, Giselle and Patrick Dempsey, uh, end up together and Giselle stays in, our 3D world and uh, starts a business designing children's clothes. Um, but Adina Menzel decides she's going to become a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, she goes back with James Marsden and they get married uh, as cartoons and she stays there. Yeah. This is where their song would have been, but it got, yes. it got cut. And, uh, and the... Um, what was it? And the the wedding is funny because on the on the one side of the chapel it's all like royalty, and on the other side it's all woodland creatures. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> super funny. Her cell phone rings because she's from New York, and uh, yeah. she's got great. Reception. She's a girl boss. Yeah, so she's doing all that, uh, and then we cut to Patrick Dempsey, the little girl, and Giselle like flying around their apartment. It's honestly very moving and touching and i cried they love each other it's, it's great it's really sweet and then peter pettigrew wrote a book a self-help book best-selling author yes. best-selling author destroying the the evil queen within <laughs> <laughs> and pip also wrote a book best-selling author is a chipmunk <laughs> and he's signing it he's new york again he's all italian and yeah that, it, he's a cartoon again yeah and he and that's the end that's the end and you know what delightful i saw this in theaters I think on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, and I think it was like after seeing my extended family, which is always stressful. And my immediate family, me, my dad, my mom, and my sister went to see it. We were all stressed out and we watched it and we were like, this was like the best movie. <laughs> this, this was so good. This was just absolutely delightful. It will put a smile on your face. Highly recommend it's it. It's so fun and loving and lovely. And I cried like three times. Yeah. So. Um, only one question for you, Nadia. Will there be a sequel to Enchanted? Yes! There will, yes. So I have some news on this. <laughs> um, so Patrick Dempsey, uh, will be returning. Uh, Amy Adams, James Marsden, Adina Menzel will all be returning. They're probably going to recast the daughter, which makes sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, in April 2021, it was reported that the seven dwarfs would appear in the film. 
uh, as well as uh, be a possible, like, have a possible story arc. Um, the film's villains have been cast as Maya Rudolph, <gasps> Yvette Nicole Brown, and Jema Mays. So I'm excited for Maya, for sure. Why are they black? Uh, uh, th- yeah, that could be fucked up. <laughs> um, but I have some terrible news. Uh-oh. Is James Corden uh, in he- it? No. Oh, okay. But the head screenwriter has been confirmed. Oh, no. For Enchanted 2, and it's enemy of the show number one, Adam Shankman. Oh! Uh, well... Which... Which means, especially with three black villains, at least one character is going to say the N-word. And I kind of hope it's Amy Adams. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Listen, when I said, why are they black? It's not that, like, I'm mad that they're black, but why are the villains black? No, no, I I, I totally got Okay, that. I just want to yes. clarify that for everyone listening. But holy moly, I am very excited. Maya Rudolph is going to be so good. I hope. No, Maya Rudolph's great. You know, you know how I feel about Maya You Rudolph. know what we they should her. do is put together Hocus Pocus and this movie and just have Pet <laughs> Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Majimi play the <laughs> evil whatever villains that there are. I'm just imagining, like, who's in, whoever's in charge of Disney Studios, Kevin Feige or whatever, and just being like, hey, you know how we have two projects right now? Stay with me. What if it was one project? It's amazing. Uh, I'm very excited about this. The, the, the premise is that uh, Giselle, it's going to be called Disenchanted. And Giselle is going to be facing some new feelings after being married for 10 years. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I am looking forward to those adventures, even if Adam Shankman is writing them, uh, (laughs) I guess. Even though he's written two of the literal worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Let's hope (laughs) that they do get Alan Menken and Stephen Schwartz to write the movie again, though. Yes. Them the songs. Yeah, no. If you, yeah, if you, if you, if you get them on the music, like that's at least going to be a, a big, big point in its favor. <laughs> um, so, do our friends at commonsensemedia.org have anything to say about this movie? Uh, um. Well, yes. So, a lot of really boring reviews, to be honest with you. I have one that I want to share, but ultimately, people are really upset that the movie does not discuss the wife swap type situation that happens at the end of the movie um they think that a lot of parents are really upset and that the message is uh you can swap you can totally cheat on your spouse if you're in love which in a way that is kind of what the message is (laughs) that that is true yes not a fan of that um a lot of people were really upset about the towel scene. A lot of parents really upset about that. A lot of children reviews were addressing the scene with the bathrobe and uh, Amy Adams kind mm-hmm. of playfully touching his chest hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of kids didn't like that. But uh, the one that I wanted to read is from an 11-year-old. Then they gave it three stars. And, and Okay. I've, is the scale out of four or five? It's for, out of five. So this is kind of an average okay. score. Uh, but there was okay. something about this that had probably should have known better energy. So <laughs> that's why I want to read it. They said, yo, too much kissing. Yuck! With 15 exclamation points. I don't even want to talk about this dumb movie. And that's the whole <laughs> That it, You're right. That is big. Um, that is big probably should have energy. <laughs> 
That's what I'm going to do next time we do a movie I really hate. I'm going to be like, I don't want to talk about it. And then the episode will be five minutes long. Just, uh, there were two kisses. Didn't care for it. Um, yeah. I do like, uh, I'm trying to think. So going back to the beginning of the movie, Giselle says, only your lips touch when you kiss. So now, funny. does that play out for the rest of the film? <laughs> well, no, because she touches some chest hair. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I'm just imagining the the other thing I wrote down like midway through my notes, which clear. Okay, so I'm glad they didn't make an R-rated version of. This I am too because this movie is delightful uh, without the R-rated humor, and clearly an R-rated version wouldn't be funny because I think I've thought up every possible joke that could go into it. Yeah, and I have one more in my note notes I want to. Uh, share which is uh, Amy Adams walking around like the massage parlors uh, in Times Square being like I'm looking for a happy ending <laughs> that's true oh god yeah <clears throat> um anyways well I just had a wonderful time Nadia it was a beautiful palate cleanser for uh, the remaining episodes of this season which we will be making a mad dash through and try not to lose our minds during yeah I am not looking forward to the end <laughs> of the season. Yeah, it's gonna, there's some brutal stuff coming up, folks. But there's some fun stuff, too. I mean, it'll be fun for you. It'll be terrible for us. Yes. You know, kind of, the, we found that formula tends to yeah, work. Yeah, people uh, really love it when we suffer, I've noticed. <laughs> Um, so, uh, while you're looking forward to us suffering next week, uh, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and probably should have. Go to our Ko-Fi site, which is listed in the show notes if you want to leave us a tip, because uh, that will help us keep the show going, do like think, paying for the... Do you think that it's called Ko-Fi or coffee? Because it's, it's like a little, it's like no a little coffee cup. Maybe it's coffee.com. Guys, guys, just, um, just click on the link in the show notes. I don't know how to say it. <laughs> It's like acai. It's like, what I, what the fuck? I don't, it, it doesn't make any sense. Click on the link. It's going to say, hey, do you want to give money to these people? And if you click <laughs> yes, these then we can, then we can rent Enchanted more. Yes. So. Thank you to Will Bloom because he helped us pay for this today. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, check us out uh, via all of those platforms. Please subscribe and review if you can. We will see you next week. Bye. I've been dreaming of a true love's kiss And a prince I'm hoping comes with this That's what brings ever after rings So happy That's the reason we need lips so much for lips are the only things that touch. So to spend a life of endless bliss, just find who you love through true love's kiss. Prince